Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of the podcast. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. All right, I'm going to get this out of the way right away because I figure if there's a way to get people to listen to the podcast is to give them something that they can't get anywhere else. And my real last name is not Ryan. It is not Flugelbinder. And later in the podcast, I will tell you what my real last name is. Why? Because I'm shamelessly doing anything I can to get you to listen. Hey, thanks for the comments from people who listened to the podcast from a couple of weeks ago. I've been gone for a week in Hawaii, didn't do the podcast last week, so um, uh, thanks for the feedback that I got since then. We talked last time about the demise of Toys R Us, and I got some feedback some from uh, Nathan and some other people who listened to the podcast who say, yeah, um, uh, they didn't shop at Toys R Us anymore. Everybody buys toys at Amazon or Target. And if you're an adult, you buy toys for your kids, I suppose. But you didn't go to Toys R Us like you used to. And Toys R Us had become, you know, kind of a dinosaur. So thanks for the feedback on that one. And the story about the um, the female Steve Jobs, the woman Elizabeth Holmes, who created a company named Theranos, Theranos, I believe, um, uh, the blood testing kit that never really came to fruition. So thanks for the feedback. Go back and listen to old podcasts or just start here. It doesn't matter. We'll do some interesting stuff and some fun stuff. The basically the the podcast is based on the book, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time and Don't Steal Anything, which I have a copy laying around here somewhere. Where did it go? Because what's the podcast without the book? Ah, here it is. It's right behind me that the uh, the podcast is based on. So we're going to pick a random chapter. Um, one that we haven't done for a while. And this is really interesting. It's one of my favorite ones. And it sounds, I don't know, a little bit mean maybe, but I think it's really true. Um, Chapter number 34. For women only, your hairstyle looked great when you were in high school. Not so much now. I'm not sure why so many 45-year-old women still wear the exact same style they wore in high school. I mean, this has to be a very deliberate decision, right? They actually get out of the shower and knowingly do their hair the same way they did when New Kids on the Block had a bunch of hits. Now, I've seen enough makeovers on the Today Show to realize that an old hairstyle makes anyone look old. Take the plunge, get a new hairstyle, and don't look back. You know, that's not one of my favorite chapters, to be honest, because it sounds mean and preachy, and and that's one of the things that I worried about with with the book was, you know, sounding mean or preachy, and especially in 2018, the last thing anybody wants to hear is a guy telling a woman what she should do with her hair. So is it a chapter that I would take back? Mm, Yeah. Do I believe it? Oh, absolutely. Um, We were at the airport in Hawaii the other day, and uh, we were, no, we were in LA. We were coming back from Hawaii on vacation, and we were killing time in a restaurant. We had five hours to kill. So we're playing cards at a table, and this woman comes in, probably 65-ish, and she had the most dated hairstyle. If you had a bowl cut and then took a curling iron and curled the ends under so they curled toward your head, that was a hairstyle back in the 70s. You ever heard of the band The Captain and Tennille? The woman, Tennille, that was her hairstyle. Um, and it was a legit hairstyle for a couple of years back in the late seventies, but she had this hairstyle and I had to elbow Susan and say, Oh my God, that woman has a hairstyle that's been around for 40 years. And Susan's not nearly as judgmental as I am. So she didn't say much about it. 
But the woman was looking around for a place to sit. And um, there was room at our table if we move things around. And Carson sat over here. And I said, do you want to sit at our table? And she was very grateful. And they didn't have much to say. Um, but they were very grateful for a place to sit. So um, I don't know. It was just kind of an interesting little observation that people have old hairstyles. Um, I don't know. I guess I would. Hey, listen, if you're if you've got enough hair to do whatever you want with, then good for you. A lot of guys, we don't have that luxury. I can't wear my hair the same way that I did 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. It's just not as thick as it used to be. But let's move on to things that are more important than hair. We talked about this on the show last week, and I, I, I got very choked up in telling the story. Um, but I wanted to tell you why it came about and what this story meant uh, if you didn't hear it. Uh, the story started when we talked about the Dave Ryan baby derby on our show. And basically, it's a race to get pregnant. And a lot of people, a lot of women, and possibly men too, but definitely more women, uh, got very upset with our idea of doing a contest to see which of 10 couples could get pregnant the fastest. And they'll come into the radio station, they'll test not pregnant, and then every couple of weeks or every week or so, they'll come back and test, and the first one that gets pregnant is the winner. Well, this struck a nerve with a lot of women who have infertility issues, and this is something that we never even considered. And everybody in the building knew about this contest, but nobody said, guys, wait, we should maybe not do this contest uh, because it'll hurt people that, you know, nobody, that never came up. And... I don't know why, but probably because nobody in our buildings ever dealt with that, that this contest came in front of. Anyway, so we got a lot of complaints about it. And I thought, you know, I got to try to understand. I don't know what battling with infertility is like. I don't know. I've never had a problem with that. Nobody in my family has had a problem with that that I'm aware of. Um, sisters, brothers, anything like that. They've all had a bunch of kids except Donna. Uh, so we started to get the emails, and it, it reminded me of a story that happened a very long time ago. Now, on the radio, I told the long story, but I'll try to tell a shorter story. When I was a kid, I lived down the lane from Kathy and Danny Smith. Danny was a year older than me, and Kathy was, I think, my grade. And I played with them at the age, you know, when you're four or five or six, you can play with boys and girls, and it doesn't seem weird. You get to about fourth or fifth grade, and you usually play with either boys or girls. Um, but we were young, and we played together, and Danny was, you know, a very nice kid. I remember the first day of first grade. He was, you know, he was a veteran. He was in second grade, so he walked me to my first grade class so I wouldn't get lost, and I never forgot that. Uh, it was around that time that their dad died. Their dad uh, died in a gas explosion and a fire uh, while working at the Air Force Academy, and he lived for a few days, and then he died. And I remember it was very quiet around my house because my mom and dad were friends with um, their dad's parents. So uh, the man who died was his parents were friends with my mom and dad. So it's very quiet and sad around my house, which was hard for a five year old to, to wrap his head around. And eventually their dad died. And I remember a couple of things. They had a dune buggy. His dad, their dad owned a dune buggy and he used to pick him up in school uh, at school with a dune buggy and, you know, go up and down our road in the dune buggy. And I thought that was really cool. After he died, the dune buggy sat in the same spot in their driveway for quite a while, a couple of months. But here's what I remember most is that Danny and Kathy didn't come over for a while. You know, they, they had 
they were too grief stricken to uh, to want to come over. So they didn't come over for a while. And when they did, I remember very clearly they didn't stay for very long. Um, it seemed like ten minutes, fifteen minutes. They didn't stay very long, and they went home. And I asked my mom why they left, and my mom didn't know, so she called their mom and and asked why didn't they stay long. Well, long story short, they didn't like to see me with my dad and see my dad and remind them that their dad is gone. It hurt them at five or six years old, you know, that it, it hurt them so much that they just couldn't do it for a while. And I don't remember that they ever really came around much again after that. I think they did for a while, but we grew up and just kind of, you know, went our separate ways. Um, but I remember even at five or six years old thinking, but I didn't do anything. It wasn't my fault. But I slowly started to get some empathy and tried to understand, even at an early age, well, they hurt because their dad's gone. And I think that I got that sense of empathy at an early age, which has really helped me in my life because I try to put myself in other people's places. And I have talked about this on the radio that there's a lot of people that I've worked with in radio that really have a disdain for listeners. They think of listeners as like a pain in the ass and, uh, and like numbers and, uh, you know, people who are just prize hungry and, and, and whatever. And I've always gotten pissed off at that because I've said, and, and Fallon backed me up that these are people and we are not going to treat them like numbers. Uh, we'll treat them like friends or even relatives, family, because if they care enough to let us, you know, into their homes and cars and, and into their heads every day, we need to care about them as people. And I think that served me really well. And I think that might have something to do with the fact that I'm still on the radio 25 years later at KDWB and you still let me be there because I think I've developed some of that sense of empathy. So bringing this whole story full circle, um, I think that I totally... I'm trying to understand people who are upset with the baby derby uh, and learning and trying to, to understand how they feel. And at the same time, understanding that they mostly don't want us to not be joyful about a baby. They don't want us to not have babies. They don't want baby stores to close down and they don't want baby showers to go away. But they do find it hard to go to baby showers and they probably do find it hard to walk past the gymboree at the Mall of America. So I, I kind of wanted to bring that up because I thought it was worth mentioning um, in context of the way the story went, but also in context of, hey, we all can learn to be a little bit more empathetic. Am I the most empathetic person in the world? Oh, God, not at all. You know who is? Steve is. Steve is very empathetic. Um, as much trouble as we give Steve, he is one of the kindest people that I've ever met. Uh, he drives me crazy, and I drive him crazy, but he's very kind. Um, by the way, uh, by the time you hear this, you'll realize that we did an April Fool's joke uh, with Steve, and we posted on social media, good luck, Steve, we'll miss you, and said nothing else. Well, the bit is Steve, you know, good luck, Steve, we'll miss you, basically meant he's going to be late to work because he's going to stop and buy a scratch lottery ticket. Good luck, we'll miss you while you're buying a scratch lottery ticket and you're late for work. So, ha-ha, April Fool's. Okay, I'm going to tell you a joke. Uh, it's, it's not off the top of my head. I told Carson this joke earlier, and I got stares. He didn't get the joke. Let's see if you get this joke. 
Then we'll wrap up in a second, and I will tell you my real last name if I don't forget. Okay, here we go. So this couple, and they, they're pregnant. They have a baby. And, you know, the nurses take the baby, and they take it in the other room, and the mom and dad are there in the delivery room, and they're so excited. And the doctor comes back in, and he says, well, I've got some good news. I've got some bad news. And he says, the good news is you've got a seven-pound baby boy. He's very healthy. He's doing just fine. And they're like, oh, that's so great. Well, then they're like, well, wait, what's the bad news? And the doctor says, well, it's very unusual. Uh, he was born without a torso. Uh, he's just ahead, but he's doing just fine. And uh, he's doing great. And um, when a torso becomes available, we will transmit or what it was the trans, uh, trans, whatever. We will attach the head of your boy to the torso, and now you'll have a whole boy. And the mom and dad are like, okay, well, you know what? We'll we'll get through this. So they raised this boy, this head, and they learned you know, his likes and dislikes, and they learned to play with him. And one of their favorite things to do was roll him back and forth across the carpet, and the boys seemed to like that. Boy's 12th birthday. Boy's turning 12 years old. They get a phone call from the doctor. The doctor's got good news. Good news is we found a torso. Bring your boy in. We'll attach your boy to the torso. You've got a whole boy. They're ecstatic. They run to their boy's room. They open the door and they said, son, we've got the greatest birthday present a boy like you could ever ask for. And their son looks up and says, well, it better not be another fucking hat. Thank you. Carson looked at me when I told that joke and I said, do you not get it? He says, no, I don't get it. And Susan and I were laughing at him, and we said, well, it's because probably for every birthday, he's gotten a hat. And, you know, anytime you have to explain a joke, it's instantly not funny. Nobody ever gets the joke and says, oh, now I get it. That's got to be a very rare thing. Anyway, I gave Carson a hard time. It's like, okay, how could you not get that joke? Okay, had to make a slight edit there. All right, radio people often don't use their real name. Why? I don't know, a lot of the time their real name is kind of bland. Uh, sometimes it's just the allure of coming up with a new name and being able, to, being able to use a new identity on the radio. When I was 17 years old, I had my first real radio job where I got to be a disc jockey. And I'd worked at a radio station before that, but I wasn't a disc jockey, and I don't even think I ever said my name. I just kind of announced the time and the weather and read the news. Uh, but when I got to be a DJ, then I got to become a personality with a name, but I didn't want to use my real name. So I came up with the name Dave Ryan. Now I look back at that and I go, what the hell was I thinking? The most boring, bland name of all time. I know where I got it. There was a DJ that was a hundred miles away in Denver that I listened to named Dan Ryan. He did the morning show on a station out there. And I thought, oh, Dan Ryan, that sounds pretty cool. I'll steal his last name and I will become Dave Ryan. Now I was Dave Ryan for about four years, almost exactly four years, and then I had a chance to move to Las Vegas and do a morning show. And I remember thinking I should change my name. And I had just dated a girl named Stephanie Germain, so I thought of Dave St. Germain as a radio name. And I almost used it, and I had a split second to make that decision, and the boss asked me, he said, what name do you want to be on the radio? Well, he knew me as Dave Ryan, but I should have said Dave St. Germain. I know it sounds stupid now, but you think about names like Ryan Seacrest, or there's a DJ in, in New York named Elvis Duran. Uh, there's DJs like, um, oh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of somebody with a really cool 
look at like celebrities. Celebrities have cool names. Um, I can't think of any right now. Of course I can't. Um, what's the guy? Um, Leonardo DiCaprio. What a great ass name that is. He could have looked at it and said, nah, it's too complex. It's too hard to spell. It's too hard, whatever. And he could have gone with Bill Johnson. What a bland ass name that would have been. Anyway, I went with Dave Ryan and it served me well. It's fine. But I think back and I go, wow, I could have been something else besides Dave Ryan. All right. So my real last name is, are you ready? Drum roll, please. Kibler. What? Yeah, Kibler, K-I-B-L-E-R. Um, why is it a secret? It's really not. A lot of people know what it is. Everybody at Carson School knows what it is. And why do radio station DJs need to keep it a secret anyway? Well, I don't know. I mean, Fallon's real name is Fallon Bonset. Steve's real name is Steve Latart. Um, and I think that a lot of radio people use their real name. It's not a bad thing if people know. So I thought, I'm going to tell you, why not? And if it got you to listen to the podcast, I think it works. Hey, great. I'm happy that you listened. Uh, hey, here's something I thought about on podcast. You ever skip those ads? Because you know your, your um, podcast app, when you play it, has a fast forward for 15 seconds button. It's either 10 or 15 seconds. Um, I skip past those Blue Apron ads all the time. I don't know about you, but I mean, I appreciate Blue Apron being a sponsorship of whatever podcast, but I don't listen to it, especially if they do it three or four times in the podcast. So, all right, listen, that is it for the podcast for this week. We are season two, episode 10. Uh, tell a friend about it. Tell them to listen. Maybe they'll enjoy it. Maybe you've got an idea for a podcast. Send your, if there's something you want to talk about or thoughts on this week's podcast, um, send me an email to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. Um, you can also check out our Facebook page. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Have a great week, and we will see you next week here on the podcast. <laughs>